Hello. Wherever you're listening to us, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakli and this is today's tech briefing. In this program, so we, we are uh, basically an uh, AI computing company. So the core of our innovation is a novel uh, processor architecture and and the software to make that happen. That's after these headlines. Google will launch its own system on chip called Tensor on its Pixel 6 and Pixel 6 Pro phones later this year CEO Sundar Pichai said in a blog post on Monday the chips which have been 4 years in the making are fine tuned to deliver the best of Google's AI and machine learning innovations to Pixel users Pichai said the new phones will also have an AI camera module that will deliver high quality images based on computational photography The sensors and lenses of this upgraded module take up so much space that an entire horizontal bar has been designed to fit onto the back of the phone. The bar juts out and can take some getting used to perhaps. In more Google news, Google Maps announced three feature updates to its iOS app yesterday. Live location sharing in the iMessage app, a traffic widget for the home screen and dark mode. Facebook is studying ways of analyzing encrypted data without decrypting it the information reports this could allow the social networking giant to target ads based on encrypted messages on its WhatsApp messenger or to encrypt the data it collects on billions of users without hurting its ad targeting capabilities according to the information Facebook Microsoft Amazon and Google are all researching an emerging field known as homomorphic encryption Researchers hope the technology will allow companies to analyze personal information including medical records and financial data while keeping the information encrypted and protected from cybersecurity threats or in Facebook's case leaks to advertisers or other parties according to the information India's Aether Energy's revenues are picking up The Bangalore-based electric scooters maker saw sales of 100 million rupees in July this year at just the one store in Indranagar in Bangalore compared to about a monthly average of 40 million rupees for the entire company during the 12 months that ended March 31, 2020. Ether CEO Tarun Mehta has previously said that the company really found resonance with lovers of high-end higher-end electric scooters. with the company's 450 platform that came out last year and with the more powerful 450x model the company now has showrooms in 13 cities most of which were opened in the last 6 months unacademy an edtech startup in india has closed a 440 million dollar funding round at a valuation of 3.44 billion dollars led by singapore's stemasec and with strong participation from softbank general atlantic and Tiger Global co-founder and CEO Gaurav Munjal said in a tweet on Monday food delivery service Zomato's co-founder and CEO Dipinder Goel hotel booking service Oyo's founder Ritesh Agarwal and investment firm Mirai Asset also participated in the round Skilllink an engineering focused edtech startup has raised 17.5 million dollars in series A funding led by Iron Pillar a venture growth investor backing tech companies built from India existing investors Y Combinator and Better Capital also participated in this funding round Skilllink provides industry relevant courses in mechanical electrical civil and computer science engineering interdisciplinary and job oriented courses in topics 
such as electric vehicle design, embedded systems design, autonomous vehicle, renewable energy, full stack development, data analytics and construction project management, help produce an engineering talent pool relevant to these industries. Skilllink will use the money to add more courses, expand its team and grow its sales overseas. SP Robotic Works, an edtech company that teaches children about robotics, drones and coding via interactive software, has raised 3 million dollars in its Series A funding led by Mount Judai India Growth Fund. Existing investors BCCL and Indian Angel Network participated as did several other angel investors. The company will use the money to expand into STEM courses. Founded by Sneha Priya and Pranavan, the direct-to-consumer startup has users in 14 countries. It also has physical labs called SP Robotic Maker Labs in 27 cities in India. Blaze is an El Dorado, California-based startup that makes higher-end semiconductor chips for AI and computer vision applications for automakers. The company recently raised 71 million dollars in its Series T round of funding led by Franklin Templeton, a new investor, and Temasek, an existing investor. Denzo and other new new and existing investors also participated. With this money, Blaze plans to accelerate its product roadmap and rapidly expand its center in Hyderabad, India. Dinakar Munagala, co-founder and CEO of the company, discussed his plans in an interview with me. Here's more from the conversation. Dinakar, uh, welcome to this podcast. Uh, thank you so much for making time for this. For folks who are less familiar with Place, uh, maybe you could start with telling us about uh, what you and your co-founders wanted to do when you started Place. Sure. First of all, Hari, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, so yeah, let me tell you more about our founding story. Almost ten uh, years ago, my co-founders and I, uh, we actually started off in garage mode, pretty much like in a spare bedroom of our house, uh, and we had uh, ideas. We wanted to build uh, a new processing architecture. We we saw that see all the emerging needs like AI uh, were very different. right and and the cpus and gpus uh, that existed were were built for a different purpose if you look at it right cpus were built for running operating systems uh, much better uh, and and they were uh, focused on running operating systems faster and the gigahertz and so on uh, then came along uh, gpus right especially with graphics gaming you needed a different kind of uh, uh, processor architecture and and that's what Uh, GPUs were good at. Now, what we saw is the more emerging workloads, uh, be it uh, uh, anything which is like AI and, and so on, they needed a very different uh, type of an architecture. At, at that point, there were there were also you know kind of uh, computer vision based applications uh, and and you know different kinds of applications which needed uh, sort of a different uh, you know from ground up. and and that's what uh, uh you know we we found that we had an architecture we, we built something which was very suitable for uh th- those next generation needs um and and then we we raised some venture capital uh, money and and then got to certain uh, technology proof points and that led to uh you know partnerships in the automotive area because you know this is a great uh, example actually in automotive typically 
uh, companies are building what's important for uh, a car, you know, five, six, the, the cycles are very long. You're looking uh, five years ahead and building uh, the technology now that's going to result in a car then. And then you need to make sure that the technology is uh, relevant for another 10 years after that, uh, because the car life cycle is that much besides actually getting designed into a car. So therefore, the, as an industry, they're always looking for future-proof technologies, something that is programmable. Because if you look at the, the rate of change of algorithms, it's very fast, right? What's very uh, hot today, for example, uh, there might be better research coming out six months later, uh, new kinds of uh, computing and algorithms. So, so therefore, it was a good match uh, with our technology, our processor technology and software uh, to that industry. So we, we found some early partnerships there and, and, and then, uh, you know, scaled up. We, we did have, you know, we got to uh, uh, more further proof points like test chips, right? And then, and then finally, we have commercial product shipping in the market uh, as of last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so can you uh, tell us about uh, what you evolved into? I mean, from the time that you started uh, today, uh, what is it that Blaze does? Sure, sure. So AI, as you know, it is uh, a huge ocean, right? There is uh, uh, AI is pretty much coming to every walk of your life. It could be as, as simple as you wake up in the morning, uh, you want to, let's say, brew a cup of coffee. Um, there's an application for that, right? I mean, there's, there's a, the coffee maker knows that it's it's you and not like, let's say, your, your sibling in the house or your wife or your kid, and it'll brew a certain coffee to your taste, right? Then, um, so, so they say, they, you know, that's an application for AI. It, it could be a, a doorbell where it's recognizing who's coming in and, and you know, either letting them in or not. Uh, you, you step into your car, everything from how you interface with your car, right? The car door automatically lets you in because it recognizes you. Uh, the engine starts because it recognizes it's you. It, it, it automatically drives you to uh, your office. So there, there are so many applications uh, in your daily life, right? From you know music you hear to to uh, to whatnot. So so we, we're talking about multi-trillion-dollar opportunity here. Um, so internet, for example, the last two decades, uh, right, uh, almost like a, it was a $13 trillion um, uh, addition to the global equity market. Now, AI is expected to do something like a $30 trillion, uh, you know, almost like three times that over the next 15 to 20 years addition to the global market cap. So, so we, we are... Um, basically an uh, AI computing company. So the core of our innovation is a novel uh, processor architecture and, and the software to make that happen. Um, maybe translating into certain markets that we're part of, uh, it's primarily automotive, uh, you know, and uh, smart vision use cases, right? So smart vision is very broad, right? Automotive, uh, everything from, uh, you know, just like a, how a phone became a, a smartphone, a car is becoming a smart car. Uh, you know, Tesla came in and disrupted the whole space, right? They, they created uh, the notion of EV so that you need power efficiency, plus they put, they went down to the processor level and innovated at the processor level, created a new uh, processor where it, all the systems in the car now run on that processor as software code. 
So rest of the world, right, rest of the automakers need uh, technology to compete, right? And, and that's where we come in, uh, be it things like, uh, you know, autonomous driving or uh, in-cabin use cases like uh, occupant monitoring, uh, driver monitoring, all of these are becoming mandatory uh, in various countries. So our chips enable all of these in automotive. Um, and in the smart vision area, uh, just touching upon use cases, right? Uh, there is uh, the notion of whole industry 4.0. So the use cases wherein uh, deep learning and AI is being applied to uh, sort of drilling rig heads, welding uh, uh, stations uh, near the blades of uh, a tractor where humans are not possible. You can't put a human there, but you can have a camera with deep learning to understand any defects, right? And fix it uh, right there. Uh, at the point of some failure. Uh, when it comes to smart retail, retail is going through this whole uh, transformation. You would have seen this Amazon Go stores uh, in the US where automated checkout is happening. Uh, you know, companies, uh, larger companies like, uh, you know, large and small, Walmarts of the world, they're using it for uh, automotive, uh, automated uh, stock replenishment, uh, tracking inventory, right, and, and large, uh, any any e-commerce company is using delivery robots in um, in you know in the warehouse setting. All of these uh, again are examples of uh, AI, uh, smart cities, and uh, agriculture. I think these these are of course particularly uh, relevant to India as well. Um, you know, smart cities about making everything from uh, managing your traffic congestion uh, to making um, you know parking it all easier to also first responder needs like uh, ambulances, et cetera, right? Based on uh, an accident, automatically a camera system, um, getting the nearest ambulance to the location, like, you know, within, uh, you know, a minute or so, right? Let, let, you know, very fast as opposed to long durations of time, uh, right? Making it safer. safer. Uh, agriculture, India is a huge agriculture uh, country, right? Um, helping the farmers with their crop yield making sure that uh, less pesticide is used potentially, right? All, all of these can be uh, helped with AI. So uh, so our, our processors and software, uh, it's, it's uh, completely programmable for a variety of such use cases. Hmm. So uh, if I understand you right, uh, the chips that you design uh, go into a variety of products uh, that uh, various OEMs make, for AI and computer vision applications, is that how it works? Right, right, exactly. So it, it can be, uh, you know, it can go behind uh, a camera, it can go behind uh, a router box, for example, behind like taking in three, four camera streams and doing some processing. It can go into a, a server box where you have, let's say, you know, hundreds and thousands of camera streams coming in and you're doing the next level of uh, video analytics, right? A, a, anywhere where, you have um, a kind of a sensor input, a camera input, and you can you can make a sort of smarts out of it, right? Extract the smarts out of it. And, and that's where we come in. All, all the processing that is required to make meaning of the picture or the image of the video stream uh, is something that we're able to help with. Hmm. Uh, if, if there are uh, any uh, well-known customer names that are already in the public domain, uh, Maybe you could give us a couple of examples of uh, these customers uh, who use your technology and how they use them. 
Sure, sure. Um, we we have some some uh, companies. I think uh, we've we've done like you know uh, press announcements with, um, in, in, for example, in, in Japan with uh, NSI, which is a subsidiary of Tenso that we we have a a long term uh, partnership with. Uh, we do have uh, a smart city, um, you know, partner in Korea uh, that uh, they're building technology for smart cities based on you know our products. That's been publicly announced. Um, there are a few which are, uh, you know, public, but majority are uh, sort of not yet announced. But in the coming uh, weeks, as we we do some more joint announcements, uh, we will. In in Asia and China, for example, we announced. Uh, uh, I think we announced one already with uh, one of the largest uh, system integrators. They're called Digital China a Partnership, um, and and we did with. Uh, uh, so so there there are few in the press, but. Largely, I think there'll be more coming out in the coming weeks. Hmm. Uh, if you step back and look at uh, uh, the kind of meeting point of AI and semiconductors where you work at, uh, can you tell us about the most important uh, trends and developments uh, more recently that you think we should pay attention to? Sure, sure. Um, happy to. Um, so AI itself is going through this huge uh, transformation, right? Uh, we, we like to think about it as AI 1.0 and then AI 2.0. Um, just very similar to how uh, in, you know, we're all part of the, the PC revolution and the mobile revolution, right? Uh, the early forms of personal computing or, uh, or, or even mobile phone, right? Um, they were... Uh, they were very different than what it is now, right? And, and it all came down to uh, just two or three factors, uh, affordable compute uh, and ease of use software. And then uh, third one is connectivity, right? So so we, we, we look at, uh, so if you look at PC, right? Making you know the whole Pentium coming through the processor, then Windows uh, making it all easy for uh, people to graphically interact with uh, uh, you know, workloads and, and create some uh, office productivity tools, be it Microsoft Office Word or or uh, Excel, Windows Excel, et cetera. Right? Th- those were kind of the things which uh, which caused it to explode, right? Everybody could suddenly use a computer to do something. AI is no different, right? So the early incarnations of AI, which we call as AI 1.0, was, was the following, right, uh, trends where you, you retrofit, you're trying to experiment primarily with, hey, is... Is AI going to be useful or not? So, so the priority was just to prove out its uh, use. So it was like a research and development largely. And, and you built it on existing processors, right? It could be CPUs, it could be GPUs, FPGAs, uh, where efficiency was not, not as critical, but to prove out the concept. The other next uh, point there was the, the kind of people who could actually build AI solutions you need to be really uh, a, a sort of a, a technology expert and and uh, and understand AI ML uh, very very deep, and you need to be good at the, the software tools, right? And and you're coding in Linux, and uh, you know understand how to do things. Uh, that that was AI 1.0. Now, where uh, our company mission and where we're headed is this whole AI 2.0, where uh, it is, first of all, uh, the hardware, the processor uh, is innovated, a lot of innovation to 
make it uh, very efficient for AI. Uh, you know, because often these applications, especially at the edge, uh, are uh, more suitable for. They, they have limitations, right? A car, for example, you know, it has some certain cost in envelopes, certain uh, power envelopes. It's an outdoor thing, so it has to fit in a certain thermal budget, etc. When you're talking about uh, similarly any use case, they are cost and you know power uh, kind of limitations. So making sure the technology fits in that envelope uh, and the processor is as efficient to make that happen is is a key. The second uh, part is the how you interact and develop and uh, you know build AI applications has to be greatly simplified. So at our company, uh, our scientists uh, have built what is called. Uh, 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 AI Studio, which is a completely code-free way of uh, building AI applications. So you suddenly said, look, let's say, hey, uh, let's say you're a, a doctor, right? And you want to create an AI application to, to do something better, like, you know, better uh, uh, screening of certain symptoms or whatever, automated screening. You, you can just do it yourself. You do not need to be an AI expert because uh, it's graphically you know, you interact it just like how you would interact with a Windows machine. You drag and drop uh, a certain image. Uh, it, you know, you get prompted, hey, do you want to do this task or that task? And and you know, in the end, you build an AI application, and and uh, so so it becomes that simple. So um, and, and therefore, anybody can use it. Uh, you know, a, a doctor, a business technologist, um, you know, anybody who's not an AI. So that whole. Uh, thing is what we call as AI 2.0, and our company is building, uh, you know, technology to enable that mission. So, uh, so these are some of the trends, right? I mean, uh, you know, better hardware, better software, uh, kind of uh, getting, building vertical solutions for very specific industries, and and really, right, uh, especially as AI gets into uh, sort of the edge market, not the data center, it's very important that you show a clear return on investment to the customers because often these customers are not, um, they're, they're like their farms, their factory floors, uh, their government uh, offices, uh, and many, many uh, places where, where they do not have uh, AI expertise, but they, they know that AI can help them. Uh, so how, how you show uh, return on investment uh, in a quick manner is is very critical. So those are some of the big challenges that exist, and and companies uh, are working on it to solve these problems. Hmm. Uh, tell us about uh, the work that you do in uh, India. Uh, when did you start, and uh, what do you do in your Hyderabad center now? Sure, sure. We started our India team almost eight years ago. Uh, we have an exceptional team, uh, really good at uh, processor design. Uh, software uh, driver design, compilers, uh, algorithms uh, for AI, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, system level uh, expertise. So across the board, what it takes to realize uh, a complete end-to-end, uh, -end, you know, system uh, and software is what they're able to do. So, uh, yeah, uh, really proud of them. Uh, some some brilliant achievements we've, we've had uh, along the way. And uh, we now have a commercial product uh, in the market. Hmm. Uh, so uh, the commercial product, you said you released it uh, last year. Uh, so uh, the product's been in development uh, uh, all these years, has it? I mean, 
Yes, yes, that is correct. So it takes time, you know, um, uh, to in order to build a, a, a sort of a ground-up programmable processor, it is a, a multi-year effort, right? And and then you go through a process of uh, building a sort of a te- they call it a test chip, wherein you you prove the technology on a on a on a chip in a small volume that it works, and and then you kind of refine it for the production needs and so on. So so you go through one or two iterations, and uh, typically it is a fairly uh, long cycle. Right. You've just raised uh, probably your biggest funding so far with $71 million. Uh, how will this uh, funding help you? Right, right. So yeah, I'd be fortunate to, um, you know, along the way we've uh, secured um, venture capital from top tier, uh, both financial and strategics. Uh, this uh, underscores the importance, uh, you know, how, how they look at us and how they, they trust us to, um, you know, build technology that's uh, going to win in the marketplace. Obviously, uh, you know, typically they they look at competition and then you know, kind of invest in places where they feel uh, companies have differentiation uh, and and uh, you know likelihood of winning. Um, so to answer your question, where do you how are you going to use the funds? Um, we now that we have product, um, the first generation product in the market. We get uh, asks from customers that, hey, can I have a, a bigger version of this because I have a, a, an application which can uh, you know, be higher in performance? Uh, can I get a version of this uh, product for automotive uh, applications? Um, so, so just to give you a sense, when, when you build a, a chip, uh, you, you, you build it for a certain market, like let's say a consumer application, it is of a certain uh, grade. The moment you have to build a chip for automotive, uh, it has to be of a different quality and different uh, grade. They call it automotive grade, and and there are different quality controls, uh, right? Because the car is an outdoor piece uh, thing. It's 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 there in harsh conditions and uh, all kinds of temperature conditions. Uh, it, it needs to withstand all of those um, uh, situations. So therefore, uh, the quality the 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 testing that happens at the the processor at the silicon level is very different and exhaustive uh, for a chip that goes into automotive. So customers desiring an automotive quality uh, processor, uh, which is, uh, you know, so so we have a roadmap that serves these industries, be it automotive or industrial and so on, and a different higher performance point, etc. So so this funding will actually help us uh, accelerate our roadmap for those uh, use cases. Hmm, excellent. Uh, very interesting uh, conversation, uh, Dinakar. Uh, thank you again for making time for this. Thank you very much. Pleasure talking to you. That was Dinakar Munagala. That's it for this briefing. You can find all our podcasts at ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arkali. Thank you for listening.